and welcome to Blind Spots, a film inquiry podcast. My name is Christy Strauss, co-host, editor-in-chief of Film Inquiry, with my co-host Jake Tropila. And this is a podcast where we recommend movies to one another that we haven't seen. Our tastes are generally pretty similar, so it's fun to discover new movies that we haven't seen and share them with one another and then have a great little fun discussion. So, um, yeah, so welcome, Jake. Hope you're doing well today. Yeah, good morning, Christy. I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? Great. It's not morning, but it's great. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that. It could be Wednesday morning when they listen to this. Absolutely true. Yeah. So we'll say it's Wednesday morning, even though... Yep, it's Wednesday morning. That's that's what it is right now. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a this is a fun episode. I think we both shared films that we were pretty passionate about and that we both ended yeah. up really really loving. And they kind of have like some connective tissues in a way that we don't always plan for, which is which is kind of fun. Um, so the two films Jake recommended, uh, Paris, Texas, um, the Wim Wenders film. And I recommended uh, The Bridges of Madison County, Clint Eastwood. And, you know, another thing I think that these had in, like, combination is that they were both movies that are obviously well-received and kind of well-known, but obviously, I mean, in critics, like, you know, film buffs world. And they were both movies that we had always wanted to watch but didn't. Because I wanted to see Paris, Texas forever, and somehow it just kind of fell by the wayside. And I think the same goes for you, Jake, with... Um, Bridges. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Clint fan. Um, you know, I love his western work. I I like a lot of the recent films he's done. Um, Richard Jewell I saw last year is great, but uh, yeah, this one right in the basically the middle of his filmography I just have not seen. It's it's eluded me. So I was so happy to fill that gap. And uh, yeah, we this is a this is a doozy of an episode, listeners. So if you're just tuning in, this is you've struck gold. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say, this yes. is a good one. Yeah, it really is, and I'm gonna let you like set up that film first because I'll go uh, chronological, um, since that was first. With Paris, and, Texas, you mean? Yeah, but yeah. before I do that, I just want to say like there's there's definitely some some more themes, and we'll get into that more. But I am just gonna be weird, and I'm gonna quote <laughs> um, Bridges of Madison County because I if for some reason this quote just seems to like encapsulate both these movies so well um and then it'll be mysterious and then we can talk about it more but um clint says the old dreams were good dreams but they didn't work out but i'm glad i had them and i just feel like that's so if anybody knows these two movies it just seems perfect and yeah i wanted to throw that out there i don't know if that was exactly verbatim either that was just for me remembering so it's probably like wrong but yeah yeah i thought that was good um very nice thank you yes i i tend to quote movies it's a thing i do silver <laughs> silver apples of the moon and golden apples of the sun yes yes awesome yeah. um nice another grab yeah so yeah so let's uh let's hear from jake about uh you know kind of bringing up paris texas you know why you recommended it and then just dive into what it's about we can chat yeah, so uh, Paris, Texas, 1984, directed by Wim, or Vim Vendors, uh, as I think he's sometimes known. Um, uh, this is a film I discovered, I want to say, like, seven or eight years ago. Uh, I kind of went on a kick of th just watching films by several filmmakers who had received a lot of acclaim, uh, and I landed on him after, uh, mostly just because of my interest in the, the growing, ever-growing Criterion Collection 
Uh, and this film and Wings of Desire are two uh, prominent films in the collection that he directed. Uh, and I watched them both relatively close together, and I absolutely loved either one. Um, have you seen Wings of Desire, just as an, as an aside? I actually have There's... not. Oh, okay. Well, that's mm-hmm. you heard it here from first, listeners. It's a potential fuel for another Blind Spots. Um, but, yeah, going back to um, Paris, Texas, uh, this is a very, uh, very strange, very beautiful uh, road movie, a very... Um, uh, not an uh, unconventional romance movie. Um, it's also kind of like three movies in one. But um, we open with uh, just these extended views of what seems to be an aimless drifter wandering through the wood or the desert. Uh, he's played by Harry Dean Stanton, the late great Harry Dean Stanton. Um, he's got a tattered suit on and a red baseball cap, and he seems to be walking with with no real purpose as to where he's going he's just sort of an aimless wanderer um and the first chunk of this movie is him being found he's taken to a doctor's office and the doctor finds a business card in his wallet it turns out to be that of his brother uh who lives in la and his brother flies over to texas to pick him up and for about the first 40 or so minutes it's these two men um trying to work together to help one of them um and uh Harry Dean Stanton doesn't say a word for the first 26 minutes of the movie. He's, we don't, we're not quite sure why, what's wrong with him. Um, then he does start talking and eventually starts opening up. Uh, and then we, he's brought back to uh, L.A. with his brother. He's, uh, this is kind of what reminded me of Rain Man a bit, is that he does not like flying, so he's, they're forced to drive all the way with a rental car. And he takes him back to his brother's family. His brother, I should say, is played by Dean Stockwell where he and his wife uh, have been raising Harry Dean Stanton's son for the last four years that he's been missing. Um, and then after that, it's discovered that uh, he has his partner, who he had a son with. Her name is Jane, played by Natasha Kinski. She's somewhere in Houston, and Harry Dean Stanton decides to travel out there to find her and reunite her with her son. And that's basically the entire plot of the movie. But... Um, yeah, I was just sort of bowled over by how how such a strange and hypnotic road film this is. It's a lot of it is just played off wordlessly. As I mentioned, Harry Dean Stanton doesn't have uh, very much dialogue for the first act. Um, but yeah, him sort of the journey of him opening up uh, and kind of revealing more and more to himself, and especially the developing relationship he has with his own biological son is, I think, just wonderful stuff. And then there's the entire third act of the film, which I won't get into yet, which is also, I think, marvelous. But um, enough about me yapping. Christy, what were your thoughts on Paris, Texas? <laughs> uh, you can yap all you want. I'm, I'm completely cool with that. Um, yeah, no, I loved Paris, Texas. I, I It was, um, you know, I think you said hypnotic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really good good description um i my favorite parts of the movie too were when they're on the road i actually think like the parts in texas because it also goes to uh, california are like my favorite scenes whether it be in the beginning or the end and i love um the kind of relationship with the two brothers in the beginning when harry's especially like kind of coming out of his um Mm -hmm. mute spell because he he doesn't i mean we don't really know what happened to him he'd been missing for like four years and 
Um, it's a, it's kind of a, dis, a discovery of that. And I don't know the movie, you know, first of all, by the way, I love the cinematography in that film. Yeah. Um, Robbie uh, Mueller was the, who's the yeah. vendors regular shoots the hell out of it. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous scenic film. Yeah, it really is. Um, but it's, it's kind of like, um, it's more, it is, how do I say this? Like, it's kind of a, like a slow film in a lot of ways. It, it kind of takes its time, but yeah. there's a beauty in that. Um, that I can appreciate. And I think it's a really an emotional film, you know, mm -hmm. whether or not there's dialogue and, you know, a lot of the relationships I think are, are hugely important. Like I said, the brothers, but also him with his son. And obviously in the, in the third act um, with him, you know, trying to reconnect with his wife as well. And, you know, there is one scene with them that is just phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. Harry Dean Stanton's amazing in this film, by the way. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, so that that really stood out to me as well. So there was a lot of moments that that really, um, just kind of took me aback that I, I I really did fall in love with the film. So I was very happy with this choice. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of difficult to describe without it making it sound like a film I would not like to see, um, <laughs> especially because I I guess you could label what. Harry Dean Stanton, his behavior is like, I guess it's kind of quirky how a, a term I don't like, or it's, a, you know, when it, I say that, it's like it has a negative connotation for me. Because when he returns home or to Dean Stockwell's home in LA, like he's, he immediately polishes all of their shoes and lays them out neatly on the, on the, like the back patio. Um, and he's, he's, it's got this sort of dreary Oscar bait feel of like, oh, we're not, helping him he's helping us kind of thing which I, do, I don't like it's not that movie at all this is not this is atypical of that sort of thing even though it does have some of those elements and yeah like i mentioned there's the the rain man element with the just the the quote-unquote normal brother trying to help the troubled brother um mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's you said slow and i, I think both of, both of the movies were were um talking about today they're both very slow but they and I mean unfold. it in a positive. Like yeah, I mean they, it as a, not slow, like boring, but like they take their time and they pay attention to detail. And I mean, I think that that's what I love 100%. about. One hundred percent. They unfold. It's such a natural, deliberate manner that seeing it again after all these years, I just found myself glued to the screen all over again. Um, just the the minutia of Harry Dean Stanton's performance is just such a beautiful thing. Um, and then the the I mentioned this movie is like three movies. The the middle section, which is the him bonding with his estranged son, is very wonderful um, because he he like he doesn't know how to be a father, so he's like looking at magazines for like w what is like a proto dad, uh, and they have like this maid in the house who helps him, and she's like, do you want to be a rich dad or a poor dad? And and he says, well, no, no, I, I just want to be like a dad in the middle, and. She says, I'm sorry, there's no such thing exists and says, OK, I want to be a rich dad. And so he like walks to his son's school and every day they don't like they're not necessarily together, but they start doing this bond where they they walk home together on opposite sides of the street. And it's it's very cute how Harry Dean Stanton plays it out, like he walks behind a car, he turns around and he's walking backwards. So it's 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 just the the you can kind of see like this son's icy exterior, the stranger just starts to crack. Um, in this in this completely natural wonderful way but um 
Yeah, you said, and you said, you know, them in being them in Texas, like once they hit the road and just start driving, as just filled with a lot of great bonding moments with them as well. Um, yeah, some yeah. amazing, like on the, like I said, some of the scenes on the road, whether it be the two brothers, especially as things progress and he opens up, because I, I do have to say I do love the whole beginning where. Harry Dean is quiet and it seems like mm-hmm. he just he keeps like escaping his brother and just has yeah. this place that he wants to go and you just like you're like want to know so much like where are you walking like where is this place that's like so and it's so amazing too I gotta say like the first like opening scene he's like out of water he's walking like what is it the Mojave is it no is that the desert um yeah I don't know yeah anyway and he's and he's walking and he's obviously just like <laughs> needing water and he walks into this place and just starts eating ice chips and then falls. Like mm-hmm. he's just like, so how long has he been walking? Like how long, what is he looking for? And so there's like kind of an intrigue there from the beginning. And then there's like, you kind of channel the frustration of his brother a little bit too. Like, you know, Oh, I'm so happy I found my brother. But at the same time, it's like, tell me what's going on. Um, yeah. And it's, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of emotions to it. And it's a slow kind of unraveling of figuring out and not everything is explained the, you know, ending in a way, like there's questions like, wait, what happens next with some of these characters? But you definitely get more of the story as it goes on as, as kind of, he starts to become like acclimate again um, to -hmm. life because he's clearly like gone through some shit and, his headspace is not fabulous. So as it goes on and, you know, he starts to hang out with his son more and, and stuff like that, you get more of an idea of him as a character, his backstory. And then, of course, um, you know, when his wife is brought into it as well, as I said before, um, in the third act, I, th- I think there's some really, really powerful emotional moments, which were amazing. Yeah. We should uh, – I won't say too much about – what exactly happens right um, you know this is, this is this is relatively a spoiler free but i think uh we should discuss the entire third act of the film is uh I, they do get to texas and he does find um his former lover jane and um she's working at this uh like this peep show studio where she can like talk to the the patrons and do whatever she'd like to um while they watch from behind a two-way mirror and uh, then this is where the film kind of takes on its third form as a like just it's it's almost it's theatrical. And we should mention that this film is written by Sam Shepard, who is a great actor as well as a, a stage writer as well. Um, so it's it's very much like a like just a two person show for the remainder of the film as as the the truth behind what had happened is revealed. And um, Wenders just shoots the stages this whole sequence magnificently but with the use of the mirror and the lighting and just her costuming and like that pink uh sweater the 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 mink i believe it's like a mink sweater um yes he's just dipped in shadow and he spends most of it not even looking at her he's just talking it's such a i don't know it's just such an extraordinary ending and i i yeah it's you you you're as you're tossed the more and more they talk you're just wanting to see where this goes and what it leads to. It's just so human and compelling to yeah. watch. I, I totally agree. And I, I, I just like, I've already said this a couple of times, but their conversation was one of my favorite parts too, as that also kind of shaped into something because she doesn't know it's him at first. So there's this like right. um, mystery in that way. And yeah, I mean, we're, 
there's, I mean, without actually saying the ending, uh, I don't think anything we've said is really going to spoil the film. But it's, it, it is a really good one. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. And, uh, you know, also shout out to uh, Sam Shepard, who, who wrote it as well. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's Paris, Texas. I, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I highly recommend it to all of our listeners out there as um, something worth seeking out. Yes. So um, you can't see it but or hear it maybe, but I'm rubbing my hands together because I'm excited. Um, <laughs> Bridges of Madison County. Okay. So, you know, obviously I knew that Jake was a, a fan of Clint Eastwood. And this is one that for some reason, even though this is, you know, like I said, critically liked and everything, I feel like I a lot of people just haven't seen this movie. A lot of people that I know. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe it's because it's a romance and the people that would like Clint aren't going to go there or something. I don't know, but it's just, it's, it's a, the night it's a 1995 film. Um, and it's just so good. You know, I'm sorry it is, but it's directed by Clint Eastwood. He stars in it. Meryl Streep, come on, is also in it. And, uh, basically it's, it starts off with these, um, two kids, their, their mother has passed away. No, they're not kids. They're in their like forties, but, their her children um you know are getting the will and basically they uncover these set of journals and find out that their mother had this entire the secret the secret affair you know what mm-hmm. like 20 years earlier or 30 years earlier i'm not sure of the uh, it's in the 60s that it actually occurs but yeah and so of course this is a hard thing to wrap your head around i'm sure finding that out about a parent but they start reading it, and so it kind of goes back and forth, but they go, you know, to them reading it and then obviously showing what happens. And what happens is it's in the 60s. She's a housewife. Um, she's originally from Italy, and she has a husband and two children, and they go for four days um, to a state fair because her daughter has, like, a, a steer that's up for, I, I don't know, <laughs> um, an award how they rate those things (laughs) yeah just like uh, Um, you know it's the the animal show where they bring them in for the prize yes 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 exactly um which she does win spoiler um but yeah so while (laughs) she (laughs) while they're gone she um clint eastwood who's a photographer for national geographic and he's in the area to take pictures of you guessed it bridges um he pulls up and he's lost and uh, she decides to show him the bridge and then, you know, it's dinner and hanging out and obviously they, they fall in love. And obviously, I mean, I, I don't know with this movie. I don't know how like spoiler free we can really be. But because, I mean, the the children are reading this and it's like a shocker. So clearly, like, I, I she mean, doesn't it, run it, op- <laughs> it opens it opens in our, our two lead characters are already dead. Um, right. They've been. Eastwood has passed away years ago, and and yeah, Meryl Streep has just recently passed. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's these two adult children learning about the truth of their this this one affair that their mother had just for just for four days mm-hmm. of this one week uh, over like twenty or thirty years ago it takes place in 1965. She's as you said, she's Meryl Streep. She's been in America because she's an Italian immigrant. Uh, she met their her husband was an American soldier, so she's like an Italian war wife who has um, basically just ha- always had the de- desire to see America, and this was like her one-way ticket. 
and uh, as she she lives, but basically she lives just in Iowa, and she hasn't really seen the world outside of it. And her her duties in the household are very maternal, so she's you know doing all the cleaning, the cooking. She basically just tends to everything while her you know literally while her family goes out and has all the fun. And just this part of her life makes her feel like that she's just completely insignificant and worthless. And then in walks this stranger, um, Clint Eastwood, Robert Kincaid, the photographer. Uh, he's asking for directions, and yeah, they form this bond that turns into just a genuine romantic relationship that brews over just these next couple days that leaves her longing for something much more. And it's also him sort of offering validation for her life because he's telling her, no, you're not significant. You're an individual person in this interesting place. And, um, but yeah, this is, this is a, it's interesting. I don't know why I, I think like for the longest time, um, the mo- the movie has like one of those titles, like legends of the fall. It just sounds like a, a hey. romantic, a com- <laughs> I, never seen it, but I like it, legends may- of the fall. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's fair. That's totally fair. I've, I've never seen, it. I'm not knocking it, but maybe you said that some people may not be familiar with it. I don't know if they just don't want to see a romance and it, this just has a title that, Oh, like, like, Oh, nights in Rodanthe. It doesn't, it just <laughs> it does. doesn't immediately scream excitement. But um, here I am pleading to the listeners, please stop what you're doing and go watch this movie uh, before we discuss further, because it is remarkable. Um, It 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 walloped me uh, on my just all over while I was watching it. And I warned you. Yeah, you did. Um, (laughs) Like the first like just the first scene where they meet, he drives up to her house. He's trying to find he's got like a map. He's trying to find the, the Roseman Bridge. And as she's describing how to take the route to get there (laughs) he's got this just this look on his face and just how he's sort of listening he he does not care in the least bit where this bridge is he just wants to listen to this woman and he's you can just see the seeds of everything be planted and how she fascinates him um and then and then yeah she you know offers to give him a ride or he drives to the the bridge with her navigating and uh, just immediately starts taking photos, and she's she then starts to become very intrigued by his process. And uh, they return home, and she cooks him dinner, and they have like just a few beers together. But uh, it's it's all very it's all very nice and casual. But like at the end of the day, after he drives away uh, to go like stay in a hotel somewhere, she like steps out onto the porch and just like. Un- just the heat from everything just undoes like her summer dress and just lets the night breeze hit her naked body, um, which I, is very evocative. Um, not that you don't see anything, but uh, it's no, it's know. powerful though because it's like her realize like so much of this movie. You know, she it's well, there's a lot to unravel from what it's, you just said. It's the little gestures. It is too, but also you know she's like kind of re finding her like finding herself again in this in this like Mm -hmm. four days and in the very beginning um i want to touch on a couple things you said but in the very beginning when they're reading the note um before they get into the journal she says that one of the like saddest things as you get older or fears is people not the people you love not knowing who you are and just like hearing that it's like a freaking punch to the punch to the gut because it's so true and it's so sad that you know that you would have to like keep these type of like secrets but um yeah when they first meet 
like he's like smirking and she's also just you know like giving amazing directions like past the petersons the petersons mm-hmm. the farm with the mean yellow dog like they're like the worst <laughs> directions and he just looks so amused and so like like wow who is this woman and her is francesca um there is obviously this is meryl streep so like we ain't messing around here with acting you know acting performances but these, this is actually one of my favorites of hers. And mm-hmm. the reason is because every there's so much, like, nuance as far as, like, her mannerisms, her, her like, touching of her face and, like, just the little, like, remarks, the way she says things and how she reacts. It's just uh, she really becomes this character. And, like, the little things when you can start to see, like, how he's affecting her, uh, like, he leans over her in the truck and... Or, you know, like he's helping her cook and the same goes with, you know, with her, with him, you know, little things that she does and his expressions. And it's just such a beautiful film. I I could gush about it for a long time and I've seen it quite a few times over the years and Mm -hmm. it always makes me want to ball because it's like it's it's a really powerful film. And getting back to the um, part where she opens her um, dress to the night. And no, it's it's tasteful. It's you don't see anything. It's more or less just about like her having this day, and it's like she's able to step outside of her normal life and be reminded of just who she is, and she feels this kind of freedom. And it's I think it's a really you know like kind of a beautiful moment. And then of course she gets like hit by like a mosquito or something, and it snaps her out of it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So that was just a couple things from what you had said that I wanted to add to, because I think they're, I also think the chemistry between these two, like a lot of the movie is just them talking, you know, mm-hmm. and it's obviously like kind of slower and, but every little detail and, and dialogue is done very, very well. Like, mm-hmm. and they, they do have a terrific chemistry and it's also refreshing to see romances that are with people like in their forties and aren't necessarily like the happy ending and aren't Nicholas Sparks. Um, you know, so it's definitely one that you should check out and not just, you know, don't, you don't have to be a romance fan to, I think, to appreciate this movie. Cause I think it's a really just an amazing film. Yeah. And um, just to speak uh, to like Clint's on screen persona, you know, he's obviously the man with no name and he's sort of, <laughs> carving himself out as uh like he's done several action films he's been in war films he's always been like the the stoic squinty hero but uh here just as like a uh like a paragon of like i don't know beautiful man sexuality (laughs) he's he's just uh he's just he's just so like it's just so i don't know it's so wonderful just to see him and also see him as like a sex symbol, like, and especially like you mentioned, these are, this is two people in their middle age. So they're not like the, this is not like a, a young hot couple in their twenties, like in the notebook. Um, right. It's know, not the quintessential yeah. two leads for sure. And, and, you know, she talks about like everything uh, Robert Kincaid did was erotic. Like it's almost <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take, I believe her. <laughs> even if i don't find well, yeah there's that great bit where she's lying in the bathtub after yeah. she's just started the prep for dinner and she he had been using the shower while she was uh prepping dinner to go into the oven and so he's downstairs and she's up in the bathtub and, and she's just staring up at the uh at the shower head and just it's still dripping because he had used it and she's she's just like 
just that that detail of you know of having him having just been previously is just she described as being like one of the most erotic things she's ever ever experienced and then coupled with that i think it's in the very next scene where they're downstairs and um she gets a phone call and she's standing behind him while he's sitting at the dinner table and then while she's talking to um i think i don't know if it's her husband or just like a neighbor friend but uh she just casually reaches her hand out and adjusts his collar and then rests her hand on his shoulder one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in a movie uh just that just that one gesture like it's it says everything you need to know about these two people and it's it's just it's so beautifully played yeah very there's a lot of like little moments like that little sensual things that are just you know it and it's interesting because it's kind of goes back to something that's talked about in a lot of movies like can people fall in love in a matter of days etc and um Clint Eastwood's character actually says like this kind of certainty you know mm-hmm. happens like once in a lifetime I think he says um but you know and and it's not always believable in film but you you do believe that these two people and the the bond and, and as you watch it grow like is legitimate you could see how this is something that would she would carry for the rest of her life mm-hmm. um and of course like i said it's hard not to like be spoiler because i mean right in the beginning obviously if the kids didn't know about it she didn't run away with him um but it's uh that doesn't make it any less impactful watching it because it's it's mm-hmm. um yeah it can be pretty pretty like heart-wrenching too you know and and, and there is so many um, terrific uh, emotional scenes between them and some great dialogue when they're talking things through and it's it's kind of uh makes you kind of i mean think about things in a, in a lot of ways you know um your own life but also just like in general you know what you put as like the most important because that's kind of what it comes back to is she feels like this is her you know life that she's built she she is her choice or whatever she says um even mm-hmm. if her heart obviously wants wants him and that's why i mentioned that the uh old dream thing because if you watch paris texas i think you can see the how it's applicable because harry yeah. Dean definitely has some dreams and ideas and they don't necessarily work but i'm sure he's glad he had them and the same goes with these two you know um and i think that's a just a amazing um idea and it's interesting that the two films kind of have that but one of my favorite things too you said the where she like touches him i love that but sometimes with meryl streep in this movie just uh like she will randomly like joke about something and then like or she's laughing and she's like kicking her legs in the air at the dinner table when he's telling a story and she just it's so obvious that she's like kind of like blossoming up like opening up in a way that she hadn't in a long time and i don't know there's just something really um spectacular about that yeah and he's charming her with the story about his encounter with a gorilla, <laughs> the gorilla. out in the <laughs> wilderness um it's it's interesting when we recommend these films to each other like you said there's no there's no goal to sort of match each other's film um you know they can be completely disparate but i think yeah there is a lot of thematic connection with this in paris texas uh, in many ways, you can sort of look at it, Paris, Texas, as a pseudo sequel to uh, this film, in that it's about trying to reclaim uh, the one thing you had that you loved and loved you, and that you left it behind and you don't know why. Um, and but whereas that the entire third act of that film is all directed via dialogue, um, the the 
like the most powerful moment in this film is all done wordlessly. Uh, and it's, uh, it features, it, it's something like, again, if you described it on paper, it just sounds like the biggest cliche. It's like the last encounter in the rain. And, but, but it just, I mean, the way it's, it's, uh, it's constructed and, and, and blocked yep. with, with the, with them in the cars, it's, you're just, you, you just are like wanting her to do what she wants to do. Um, and then, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's... such a, a <laughs> incredible, incredible piece. It hits you that scene and, and also her like narrating it too. Mm -hmm. um, it makes it even more, I think, impactful because they do weave in and out. Like sometimes the kids are reading it out loud and then sometimes it's just her re like narrating what's happening, yeah. um, like narrating her words. And in that particular scene, as she's like describing what's going on, um, it makes it, uh, you know, even more impactful. And yeah, it's, you definitely like want to like just do this, but you know, you can't, uh, can't do it but it is uh, both of these movies are really like i watched them in a short time frame which i think you did as well uh yeah. just like rewatching bridges and they were both like pretty heavy in a lot of ways but um in in a beautiful way like not like i think they're just both really um amazing films it was a great pairing and no we definitely don't plan for that we just have this psychic link and it just works out so yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, just a, another commonality between us. But yeah, that's um, I don't want to go in too deep about uh, like Bridges of Madison County. Like, just one other thing I'll add is uh, like you you mentioned that the way that Meryl Streep's just kind of you know kicking herself and being playful at the dinner table. There's the scene before where he she first directs him to the bridge and they're out there and he finds her and he gives her like some flowers. And he says, I picked these for you. I hope that's okay. And she says, it is, but those flowers are poisonous. And he drops them. And then she just immediately starts. It's it's like maybe the first time she's experienced joy in 15 exactly. years. Just exactly. to have that little that little moment. Because when we first see her prepping dinner for, like, the family, like, they all come in. Like, they're all out working in the field or wherever. And she calls them in. And, like, they come in. They don't even, like, look at her. They don't thank her for the meal. They don't give her the time of day. She's just this this tool that's, that's a fixture of the household. Um, so yeah, this yeah. just the, the, yeah, the Clint coming in as the spoiler to that is kind of really affirms her as, as a woman with her own identity, but exactly. Yeah. She goes from housewife to woman, <laughs> like literally. Exactly. And, and, and cause that opening scene when she's getting the food for everyone, it's really like, they're just, she's just kind of moving through the motions, like what she has to do and what she's mm -hmm. been doing for so long. And then. I love that's what I meant about the joking, too. I love that when she does that joke and then she's like, I don't know why I did that. Like, she's almost even questioning herself. Like, where did that come from? Like, I forgot that was I had that within me. And yeah. he like he loves it. You know, he eats it right up and it, it makes it there's a vulnerability with that um, that I think it connects them early on um, as well. So, yeah, I know we could talk about this for a long time, but no, I, it's just both of those movies. You should definitely check them out. I was really excited about this one because I could definitely gush about it for a while. And uh, somehow it's it's already October, so we are going to do um, one more this month, and we're going to try to plan it around something uh, horror-related. So that should be fun for the, yes, for sure. for the next uh, next one. And, yeah, any any final thoughts on either of those movies, Jake? Um, just that, yeah, they're both beautiful films that I highly recommend. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And yeah, did you want to, um, we usually do our like social media, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already, you know, we would yes. greatly appreciate that and write a, write a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can uh, reach me at Jake Tropila, T-R-O-P-I-L-A. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd at that handle. If you want to reach me for any, any film news or discussion, I would be happy to talk to you. Yeah. Talking film is, is kind of all I do every day. So I'm always up for that. Instagram is at Christian film and Twitter is Strauss, which is S T R O U S E underscore Christy K R I S T Y. And yeah, I think that that wraps this episode. Um, really, really happy that we paired these two together. Cause I do think that they're like a, like a fine wine and a, <laughs> I don't know. This is something that goes with a fine wine. Um, a fish. But <laughs> I guess a fish. We'll go with that. Um, but yeah, thank you anyone for, thank you all and anyone for listening. And you can find us on any, uh, I'm pretty sure it's like all over Apple, Spotify, Google. And uh, we also publish these on our site as well. Uh, Filmandcurry.com, which I'm always going to plug because, you know, it's awesome. Of course. Yeah. And so we look forward to talking movies again in the future and everyone stay safe and, and healthy and uh, keep watching movies. Watch these two movies like right now. Like as soon as you stop listening to this, do it. I concur. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Well said. Yeah. Goodbye.